Hey everyone, it's Nikki. Welcome to So Won't Apologize. Today I'm sitting down with Liz Graveline, doctor of physical therapy and also the host of a new podcast, The Exercise Proper. Uh, Liz, why don't you take some time to introduce yourself to my listeners? First of all, thank you so much for having me. This is my first, very first interview and I'm honored to be on Still Won't Apologize. My name is Liz Graveline. I'm a doctor of physical therapy and I've worked in the business for almost eight years now. And I kind of made a switch to start a podcast because I wanted to grow an audience and also get information out there that was approachable, easy to understand because there's a lot of research out there. And I think it's a little bit confusing on what kind of information you should be paying attention to, what you should be doing at home and how to apply it to you know, my friends and family and the people that I know that are closest to me are really busy women and um, how to just stick in from, stick in exercise where you can get it in and how it can be most impactful for your health and for your wellness. And I really wanted to create an audience to help more people. I, you know, I help several hundred people a year, but I really wanted to reach a much larger audience that's that's a big goal of mine nice I love what you said there is you know the goal of trying to teach busy women to get movement in throughout the day I think a lot of us especially with you know I mean maybe it's a little bit different now where a lot of people work from home but even myself I find myself struggling when I'm working from home you sit in the chair all day you're not you know forcing yourself up to do something so like my schedule if I don't work out in the morning I won't work out at all for whatever reason. It's just, it's done. Like it has to be done first thing in the morning. So when you come across, or if you were to talk to somebody like me, for example, what would be some of the advice that you would get to, you know, get your ass up to start moving? <laughs> well, just like you said, if you don't work out in the morning, it's not happening. It starts with habits first and foremost. So, and I don't know if you've ever heard about the book Atomic Habits by Jane it's epic it's really changed my life it's really really good read and so first of all just like you said if if you're a routine type of person you want to insert a small workout program wherever you can get it in but every day or or it's not going to happen you know be consistent and even if it's not every day every Wednesday after you drop the kids off at school or every Thursday after you have dinner with your husband or your partner, whatever, you just go jump on a bike or you go for a walk or you make it something that you do together every Thursday. And then that will translate to every night of the week you go for a walk, whether you're with someone or not. But what I do always recommend is that it is over overwhelming to try and get everything in you hear you see that you're supposed to be getting aerobic activity so walking biking elliptical go to zumba that's all aerobic activity and that's great but then you're miss also missing the strength training okay so strength training i'm supposed to be lifting weights now okay and then you're supposed to be stretching okay i'm supposed to be stretching and aerobic and lifting weights oh but wait a second don't forget about your core okay now you throw that in there it's can ridiculous I, can i i'm laughing because this is literally me every day i'm like all right wait what did i do yesterday yesterday i did court but did i lift weights no no i gotta lift weights today what wait did i do any type of cardio oh wait i did 20 minute walk 30 minute walk in the morning did we walk last night i'm constantly and i'm constantly on the internet going what the fuck am i supposed to do i liked it back in the day when 30 minutes of cardio was enough for me to feel satisfied of moving my body now with all this information it's like you're getting older you need to do strength training have you been taking college like all of this stuff comes flooding in and there's nowhere to figure out like what the fuck am I supposed to be doing I saw a reel the other day and this is probably one of the most truth that I've heard as far as women older and working out and she said work out with intention don't just like jump in and start doing things have a schedule have a routine as what you said but the problem with me I swear I have like ADD or ADHD where I can't stick to a program so I'll start a program and I'll do it for one or two weeks and I'll feel great. But after that second week, I don't want to do it. And I know those programs are designed 
to give me the strength training, the cardio, the core, whatever, but I don't want to stick to a structure. Two weeks, I'm excited to do it because it's something new. But after that two weeks, I'm like, I got to do this again. I don't want to do this. And then my brain starts again, but you have to do this because this is covering all the things that you have to do. But you don't want to figure it out for yourself because it's too confusing. So follow the damn routine. And then I'm back to square one going, you know what? I don't even want to work out anymore. This is too much. Like I, literally my brain. <laughs> and an exercise routine is not a one size fit all, mm-hmm. but you, everyone needs the template. And I'm, and I'm really, I'm hoping to provide people with a template that's easy. So if someone like you isn't confused. Okay. So Liz says, that I need cardio, but I'm not telling, I'm not telling you you need 30 minutes of cardio when you work out. How, how do you fit that in with your weight training, flexibility and core work too? So even if it's 10 minutes and that's just a 10 minute walk and you, you may look at me like, Liz, come on, 10 minute walk. Like I'm used to going for a 30 minute run. Okay. Well, are you doing a 30 minute run every day or, or not every day, just consistently twice a week, every single week, or do you end up just dropping, like dropping the ball because it's not consistent enough. So if you ask yourself what you need, do you need something daily that you do? You say you don't need much structure. Okay. So for cardio, you don't have to do just do 10 minutes, whatever it is, maybe what your switch up is every from week to week is you go to a dance class, you go to a Peloton class maybe that is what you switch up on and the things that you're so confused on like the weight training and the core and the stretching that program you make 20 minutes and you keep that the same but you're just switching up the cardio but doesn't involve so much concentration like mental mental capacity to make all these decisions oh god it's exhausting like it's just it's exhausting and today so like i started getting back obviously i had to get used to this living on a, the bus and used to what, I, what I was doing before is I had my home office. I'd work out in the morning or in between calls and I do, and I would feel good with the bus. I have a smaller space. So there's limited limitations to what I can do, but I could still do it. But like today, for example, I didn't want to do my work. I did 15 minutes of strength training and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I already walked 30 minutes this morning. My husband and I walk every morning with the dogs for about 30 minutes. We, our goal is always at least a mile. Right. So I'm like, I do that every day. That's, that's in our routine and we'll do it at night as well. But sometimes I'm just like, I, today I did five exercises, three sets each got done in 15 minutes. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's good enough. It's good enough. And I felt fine. That is fine though. You know, the template that I, that I use is a, a warm up first. The warm up is your, is your cardio. Just increase your core tone temperature, whatever, and whatever you want that to be and make it, make that 10 minutes, increase your heart rate. And then you want to do a little bit of a stretch, a little bit of a dynamic stretching routine. And that's just using movement. It's controlled movement, but you're not holding the stretch. We actually decrease flexibility dramatically through our twenties, thirties, and then it continues to decrease dramatically after 49 years old. So flexibility is critical to maintaining our joint health. And like improve our quality of movements, meaning like, how do you want to get out of a chair at 80 years old? Do you want that to look like a struggle? Right. And I, my husband and I talk about this all the time because like I'll sit in like my bedroom, like in the bed and I'll like bend down and I'll be like, I just need to make sure that my hips can move because (laughs) sometimes it's a struggle for me to get out of bed. I'm almost 40 myself and I'm like, oh. I need to like stretch. And here's a thing to me that I've realized when I was younger, stretching to me was not even, not even a thought. Like it was so normal. I'd start my workout. I'd stretch. Now I'm like, I don't feel like stretching. I'm just going to work out. Like I have to force myself to stretch. And I don't know where it got turned off in my brain. That's not important. Although we know, as you just said, how important it is, but I'm like, I want 30 minute workout. I'm going to work out for 30 mornings. Let's hope I don't hurt myself. (laughs) I think you just gave yourself your answer you said, I have 34 minutes. You're just trying to get in the highest priority where what you think is going to move the needle. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I have 34 minutes. I'm going to kick my ass for 34 minutes and I'm going to be done. That's why the stretching went out the window, you know, but I think once we get older, we're looking at the long game here. So the long game is not kicking your ass for 34 minutes anymore. Like we used to in our 20s and 30s I mean that's that's not the answer anymore right 
Yeah. I gotta, I started doing now like the days that I, I don't feel in workout. I'm like, at least just do like a 10 minute stretch just so you can move, like move around. And I also dance a lot. So like in between sets, I'll dance. My husband caught me the other day. He was like, are you even working out? I was like, I'm dancing. It's, it's the same. <laughs> you should self-record yourself and put it up there people would I love know. To. I know like I was like in between sets I'm like oh I gotta keep my heart rate up so I'll just dance especially if it's like a good song that comes on and I'll just dance in the back back room <laughs> oh cool you should share that with people seriously I know, I I'll take a video on it I just get really sweaty and gross it's not a pretty picture <laughs> uh so you started bringing up um I have a couple questions of my own that I'm sure a lot of people want to ask. And when it comes to training, obviously setting a routine is very important, but how is it, we mentioned about all the information that's kind of just flooded, right? You know, you have to do strength training, you have to do cardio, you have to do stretching, you have to do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. What is, I think, when it comes to exercises, we think about the strength training and everything that, we, that I just mentioned, but like targeting certain muscles. Like I know I asked you a couple months ago, I'm like, can you do a back exercise? I know just one back exercise is not going to make a difference, right? But like, how do you train or, or talk to somebody You go, okay, I want me, it's my arms and my back. It's always my thing. Like, what do I need to do to make sure that I can get the goal that I want? Are you asking about a particular exercise? I don't know if it's a particular exercise, but like, what do you do? Cause I, like I said, I know you can't, what's the word? How am I trying to put this? You can't necessarily exercise. I mean, you can exercise one muscle, but it's not going to do something at one time. You have to kind of incorporate it over and over again. So I know that there's exercises I do, but as far as routine, should it be something that's done every day? Is it a day thing? When you're working out, what position are you in? Depending on what I'm doing. Are you usually on your feet though? Yeah, most of the time. So what I would say is alter the position you're in so that the majority, more of your workouts are on your hands in a plank position on your side, on your elbow. You are always, always going to work your shoulders and your back and your mid back if you are on your hands. If you put weight through your upper extremities, Without a doubt, I don't care if you, even if it's a leg exercise and you're trying, you're, you're lifting your legs and you're doing alternating leg lifts while you're in a plank, you are going to be working out your shoulders like crazy because of the weight bearing through your extremities. It can be as easy as that. So just a simple change of instead of standing on my feet, stand on my arms or my hands, excuse me. All right. <laughs> and I'll report back. <laughs> Great. It's just, it's, again, I think it's just the, like I said, the flooding of it, it's, it's constantly, and then there's the diet aspect of it, right? Because then it's like, oh, you know, weight or physique or whatever it may be is 20% working out, 80% diet. And I'm like, sometimes I'm just, I'm, I'm one of those people like Monday through Friday, I eat fantastic. The weekend comes and I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> this makes it so much easier if you're you are participating in what makes you feel good and take out take out all of the details you know like remove all the bullshit and just focus on what makes you feel good right and I, and I think as I'm starting to as as I'm getting older I've, I've I had this conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago I was like I'm not working out necessarily to get in shape of course that's always a goal but it is to be able to be flexible be able to to move better or whatnot and just being active for my own mental health it's not like the same goal that I had when I was younger but it, it would be nice to have you know the physique that I would you know think that I want but I know that my body has changed over the years um when setting routines I like the example you used earlier about um doing it one day or twice a week and, and you know continuing to build on that if you are starting from scratch though right as somebody who's you know, hasn't worked out in a while, doesn't know where to start, wants to start a routine. You mentioned going to a, going for a 10-minute walk. What other things can can people do? Okay, I like the the focus for, right, yeah. is cardio, resistance training, that's your weights, your resistance bands, core training, okay, and, and flexibility. Cardio, you can do anywhere. Go for a walk. Just start with that five minutes a day and make it and, and go 
add a um add that walking program after you after you eat breakfast, something else that you do every single day so that as soon as you're done eating breakfast, you go you go for that walk. Or as soon as you get done with work, don't jump in your car yet. Just go for a walk down the street for five minutes. So I would just start with that because the cardio aspect you can do anywhere. You can walk anywhere, you know? And then when it comes to like weight training and resistance training, that's what is more complex because there are thousands of exercises out there. What really should you be doing, you know, and how much of this do I need to do? So there's this guy called Dr. Andy Galpin, who I really like. He's a Cal State professor and he conducted research studies over a decade of these professional male and female body lifters. And he, um, he has created this three by five method. So when you don't know what reps, sets, number of exercises, how many times you should be working out, how much rest you should be using in between sets, he says three to five of everything, three to five sets, three to five reps, three to five minutes between sets, three to five exercises of every of the muscle group you're using, three to five workouts per week. I mean, that rule is, is huge because it kind of cuts out so much information out there that's confusing people. And that's for anything. That's for muscle strength. That's for muscle in, in, increase in muscle mass and power. So anyone can use that. If you're trying to get bigger glutes and you want a nice toned ass, then you want to use, you know, five sets of five reps and you want to go to failure. Usually the majority of my patients that I talk to, they are not going close to fa failure. They're not reaching that, that part. So, and it's a little bit dangerous to, let's say if I'm doing the leg press and I'm doing five sets of five and you're asking me to go to failure for some people that is, that's, dangerous because that's a lot of weight you're pushing and maybe the rest of your body is not strong enough to be pushing that weight. So if you feel like you're not strong enough to go to failure, then you can do what you're comfortable with. Three sets of 10, three sets of 12, but at three sets of 12, that's 36, right? Mm -hmm. 34, 35, 36, you should be shaking. Shaking. Anything that you do, those last few reps, you should be shaking. Should be a struggle. And that's something I remember from when I used to be really into it. It's like your last three reps should be the hardest part of the exercise. And that's the rule of thumb that I use now. If I can't lift them anymore, then I'm done. Because that's also where you risk injury and you can hurt yourself or whatnot. But I always keep that as like, if I'm not tired yet, I can still go. But I have a hard time turning off that mentality because when I first learned how to work out, it was three sets of 12, you know, or three sets of 15. Those are my numbers, 12, 15, 12, 15. I never push myself past the failure. If I get to the 15 and I didn't feel like it was enough, I'll up my weights at my next rep, but I never push past those set numbers. So maybe I'll try pushing more and doing the failure thing because that's kind of a good idea. Do you use weights or bands? Because sometimes you're less likely to get injured mm -hmm. if you use bands versus dumbbells. Yeah, yeah. And I used to use bands when uh, I did P90X when I was like in my 20s. Yeah, in my 20s. I used bands then and it was easier for me. Um, but I use weights now. I actually have power box so I could change the set. The, I could change the weight. They're like little. I don't know what they are. They're, I don't even know what they are. They're called power blocks, but I could change the weight. They're adjustable. Um, but I, like I said, it's still the, the, my, my brain goes, do 15, do 15, do 15. Like I don't ever go past that number. That's okay. You don't really need to. You're kind of, it's kind of a waste. You don't need to go past 15. That's and then after, after your workouts, do you stretch? Sometimes again, I'm also <laughs> that. So I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to sit down. So I have to be, and I've been telling myself, I have to be better with the stretching um, because I have to now and I'm not as flexible as I used to be. Right, right. You know, after, after a workout, stretching twice for 30 seconds per muscle group is all you need, really. Oh. You, don't, you don't really need anything more than that. And that's your hamstrings. That's your quads, your glutes, your calf muscles, your chest, and you're done. 
I mean, it's really not, it doesn't need to be an extensive stretching routine. It should take you five minutes mm-hmm. and, and that's it. And you'll see significant improvements in muscle length if you really stick to that number of, of two, for, two times for 30, holding it for 30 seconds. And that brings you to a total, a lot of the research, the majority of the research and high quality level studies will show that stretching for five minutes per muscle group per week is all you need to improve muscle length. Good to know. I will, I will add that, add that in. <laughs> so you went through the, the two, the first two factors. What were the, what's the next factor? The core training. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And a lot about, you know, when I went to, when I went to therapy graduate school and I received my doctorate. They didn't really go over, they didn't really review, you know, rectus diastasis and pelvic floor and deep core training. There's still limited evidence to support specifically what types of protocols to use uh, to improve your deep core musculature, because that's really what's affected after women, um, you know, deliver children and whether you have a c-section or whether you deliver vaginally doesn't matter so i i've really had to self-educate myself because i'm not in the i'm not in the work environment where i'm learning a lot about women women women's health and pelvic floor and that's not the type of clientele that i'm seeing so i really like every mother's and body program. It's been clinically proven. They've done research studies to support this. Have you ever heard of Every Mother's and Body program? Yeah, I really, I really like it. And I usually, I will recommend that anyone that does their own plank work, anything where they're on their hands and knees, if you just add a Pilates ball, you can buy them on Amazon. And it's literally like, a eight inch diameter ball. They're so cheap. And you place it under one hand and you're on your hands and knees and you lift one leg and you alternate and you lift the other leg. You'll realize the musculature that is required to keep your pelvis stable so you don't fall from one side to another. You'll feel you, you'll feel your muscles are working differently. Everyone thinks that you know, the rectus abdominis muscle, the six pack ab muscle is what's so important to to strengthen during your workouts. But really, we really only use that muscle to, you know, sit up out of bed. Functionally, we don't really need it. It's the, when it comes to day to day, day to day stuff, we really need the musculature underneath. And that, that requires us to slow down, to breathe during our core work and use our muscles differently. And it's challenging for people to, even if you're, even if you go through some of the Pilates work, Mm -hmm. if you're not not running through it the right way, you don't have the right technique and someone's not there teaching you how to breathe, how to relax your pelvic floor. Do you take in a deep diaphragmatic breath and then pull your belly button in towards your spine and contract your pelvic muscles? I mean, it is like people don't, don't get it like through a screen, it's really tough. Right, and one of the things I always do whenever I'm doing core work is I always always suck my belly button, I should belly button in, belly button in, belly button in. <laughs> I feel like sometimes it doesn't go in the way that I want it to, and then I'm just like struggling to like get it there. <laughs> You've been an athlete too. So for you, you have, you have muscle awareness, you know, you have the coordination. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that I in my, in my older age that I am so appreciative of is that I was an athlete because there are muscles, there are, there are times where I'll work out and I'm like, oh, I haven't felt that muscle in a very long time, which is leading me to my next question. And something that I always go back and forth on, if I am not sore after a workout, did I even work out? (laughs) Absolutely. Because I realized that, you know, after even two weeks of not working out, you get weaker. So 
where, you know, when you're working out and you feel like you are working and it's, even though you're not sore the next day, your muscles, our bodies, our joints, our bones need to be stressed in order to grow. They need to be stressed, just like our brains need to be stressed, our emotions, us as individuals, we need to be stressed in order to grow. So you are doing the right thing. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better because sometimes I'm like, well, I didn't work out hard enough. That was a waste. But it's just the movement, right? Like it's, it's training. It's like, it's like training a puppy in a sense, right? The more you do it, the better they get, right? And honestly, after having kids, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) You know, people think like, oh, that's easy for you to say because you are thin and, and you're toned and all that stuff. I really don't give a fuck. I just want to feel good. And I also want to be able to, if I need to sprint my son across from, you know, if I'm at the park and I need, there's an ambulance and he just broke his leg. I want to be able to sprint to the hospital and, and be fast and, and not, you know, tear a hamstring while I'm at it and crumble to the ground and someone needs to help me. Right. You know, I didn't realize that I really didn't realize that until I became a mom. And so much of that is core. And that's why I kind of developed, I went a little deeper into the education to, to, so that I feel strong. I want to feel strong. I want to be capable of sprinting if I need to, and like taking care of my family. And I don't know where I never would have said that five, five years ago. Never. Right. Right. I, uh, with the core thing, something that I learned from P90X and, and, and I loved that out of all the programs I've ever tried, that's the only one I actually successfully finished. I really did enjoy it. And I still use some of the exercises, but he did, uh, Tony Horton did one day where it's called core synergistics, core synergistics. And it was my introduction to core exercises. Cause when I was younger, my idea of abs, like you said, was doing sit-ups or, you know, how many crunches I can do or lifting my legs up and, and, you know, pulling them into my chest or, you know, I don't even think I did planks back then, but when he does the core workouts, he, you're working out literally everything from your shoulders to like your thighs and it's just movements. And I remember him saying in like some of the, like in some of the exercises, like putting groceries away, like how you're doing. So the core, you make a very good point. And it's funny now that I'm remembering all this, that's kind of what he taught as well. He was very much like, these are your everyday activities, picking the groceries up, opening a door, you know, sitting down, you know, playing with your kids, all those things come from the movement that that part of your body does. So we all focus on, I need shoulders, I need arms, I need to think, I need, you know, glutes, thighs. But like, if you really focus on the core part of it, you do work out all of those muscles right? Sure. And I know that, you know, putting groceries away and like trying to, you know, pick up a case of water is boring. And it's like, how do I find my motivation to work out thinking that that's my goal that 67 going to be doing those things. But at the same time at 67, 70 and 80, hopefully I'll still be alive. And I'll, my husband will still be alive. I want to be dancing at a bar in Nashville and feel good about it and not worry about whether my uterus is going to fall out of my hoo-ha, you know? (laughs) So like, I, that's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking about, you know? I just saw, oh God, I just saw, you just reminded me another, I I spent too much time on Instagram, as you know, with a podcast, you have to be constantly on that thing and being, you know, alive, I guess. Um, But I did come across about a woman who that literally happened to her, like her whole uterus just like fell out of her. So like, that's a, that's a real thing. Like strengthen those muscles, ladies. Do your oh. <laughs> it is, it is a real thing. And, you know, if, if I'm lucky to have my uterus by that time, but I'm just saying, you know, and that's really, that's very extreme, but it does happen. Prolapse does ha- happen, you know, if you don't take care of yourself. I was, Um, I had my son, I was on the highway. I was actually driving to my mother-in-law's house and I had my son in the backseat and my daughter who was four months old and I was, um, driving in the right lane and my steering wheel, um, froze. It locked up and I couldn't move it. And then the engine started to smoke. Um, 
oh my gosh, what do I do? So I slow down, I'm in the right lane and I'm just, I'm forcing the steering wheel to the right to try and get off to a safe, There's there was an off ramp that was a very safe place to go. There's no cars, no nothing, luckily. And so I am just pulling with all of my might so I can inch my steering wheel to the right to get off the highway. And I'm off the highway, I'm parked now. And, but I was, I was just envisioning the car on fire Mm -hmm. and I park and I get out of the car and I have one car, Reese in one hand and one car seat and Griffin in the other. And I'm running running down the road, but this was, I just had Reese four months ago and I'm running down the road, running, running, running. I'm expecting something out of a movie, like my car is going to blow up behind me or something. That's what I'm envisioning. I'm running, 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 running. And I like pee my, pee my pants because I have no, I have no control. I'm carrying Griffin at the time was probably 25 pounds and I have 10 pounds in the car seats and I'm running and sprinting and I'm afraid. And I think it was that moment that I realized, you know, I need to, get stronger and get stronger doesn't mean that I'm looking strong it's just feeling strong right even four minutes four months after I had Reese I looked strong yeah yeah I could see that I noticed now too and 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 I started working on a little bit but there's movements where I'm like oh I just I kind of just beat myself a little bit I'm like gotta work gotta work on those muscles man um and it's funny too because it's an awareness that doesn't happen to you until you're in a situation like that and you're like oh wait hold on this is this is the moment the light bulb goes on and it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm not doing enough. We got to talk to this, you know? Right. I, I, uh, uh, I interviewed a sex therapist uh, in, in a recent episode and she referred to the, she's like, she referred to it as it's a muscle, use it or lose it. And I was like, that's, I like that. I'm going to use it or lose it. <laughs> it is so true. <laughs> so let's take a break from kind of the doctor stuff and let's talk about you a little bit as a person um you mentioned that you're a mom you have two kids why don't we talk about becoming a mom and what that was like my kids taught me a lot about myself and the one thing that they taught me is you expect out of yourself what you expect out of your kids and I expect my kids to make mistakes you know then you know, after the mistake, allow them to feel angry, feel sad, whatever it is, and really give into that emotion, but then use it in a constructive way, right? Like, right. and then I expect my kids to try again, to do better next time. You know, my son, the last week, he pushed my daughter on the playground, and this was probably the fifth foul of the day, and it was only 2 p.m., you know? Mm-hmm. And they just continued on, on like that. And at the end of the day, I'm driving the kids home and I just put my head on the steering wheel. I just feel it, you know, and I'm and I take a deep breath and Griffin notices and he says, Mom, why are you putting your head down on the steering wheel? And we drive home, I walk through the door, my husband can tell that I look defeated. And so prompted by my husband, Griffin comes over, like walks over to me and he hugs me. And he says, I'm sorry, mom. I don't know why I pushed Reese to the ground. I'm sorry. And you can tell, like, he really felt ashamed and empathetic that I I was sad. And as a result of his actions and him not mis- misbehaving and just having a rough day. And, you know, I have young kids, right? So I don't have examples of, like, my my kids making making um mistakes by like missing a foul shot in basketball or or forgetting a line in the school play so I reply back and I say Griffin we all hey we all make mistakes I make mistakes and then in saying that I'm like okay well because it was because it was only this day of him having a, a bad day I realized that it's also like on our part, it's been, it could have, it's probably been months and months of not a poor disciplinary action, doing something wrong for, for, or not cultivate, cultivating an environment for him that where he's challenged physically. Mm-hmm. And so we dropped the ball somehow, somewhere along the, along the way that created 
a difficult day like today. It wasn't today, you know, like life is life is going to be difficult at some point throughout his life, our lives, life is hard, but it's just about the way you respond. So the way he responded today, I'm just realizing like, okay, if they're, if he's failing, I'm failing. And then, but at the same time, it's like, okay, don't feel sorry for yourself though. It's like, just like I told my son, you make mistakes, you figure it out and you do better next time you put in the work and you find a, a way that he is, he can be him and use his skills and feel challenged enough where he doesn't need to piss off my daughter, you know? Right, right. I think it's a kid's like reaction. I think that's something us as a generation has um, kind of learned over our years of growing up is that our first reaction is usually due to something else. It's not exactly what the situation is at hand. And I think it's a behavior that I know I've had to train myself out of doing because I've had, like I, I talked about this last time, I had a very reactive mother. So I try not to do it. And it's very hard. It is very hard sometimes, but I, and if I notice I'm doing it or if my husband notices I'm doing it, he'll let me know because he knows that like, I don't want to be that type of person. Um, but I think our, that first reaction is that's usually when I'm like, okay, take a breather, you know, let's not, let, let's not do this. Or let me walk away from my desk. Like, especially with emails, sometimes I'm like so quick to respond. I'm like, don't do it. Walk away because like, there's, there's two versions of Nicole. You're going to get, you're going to get the, don't come at me. Let me, let me tell you how it is. And then there's going to be the calm one. Like, all right, let's talk this out. Why, why, why are you asking me this question? Was I not clear before? Where's the miscommunication? And a place for both though, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And not all like peace, harmony, rainbows and butterflies. I'm not all that person. I mean, for the majority of the day, I want to be that person, but there are time and there's a time and a place to say, don't come at me. I'm putting up my boundary and don't mess with me, you know? Oh, absolutely. 100%. And, and as you know, I'm, I definitely, I'm more on that side than I am on the other side. <laughs> I'm all about you though, you know, like no bullshit, you know what you're going to get and you set boundaries and there's no problem with that. Yeah. It's so, I think it's refreshing that you're kind of doing that with your kids too, right? Because you're allowing them, he did have a reaction. You let him kind of sit with that reaction. And then when it was time to talk about it, you were just like, okay, it was a mistake. Like you're still, I think allowing to feel should be, oh, should be a thing, right? So that reaction is that, that feeling, right? You're so filled of emotions that you don't know how to articulate it. So it comes out in this way. Sometimes it could be the excitement, right? Super excited. You get somebody that scream jumps up and down so happy. And then there's the anger part of it where it's like, they see red, they go, they, you know, they'll go zero to 60 in however long. And you have to let whatever that feeling be happen right but you also at the same time it's like don't let's let's not do that here why don't you take a breath you feel your feelings and then we can address it so I think it's kind of like a it's like a double-edged sword sometimes because you want the person or the child to have that moment of full emotion but also at the same time be able to control the emotion for sure for sure and it just translates to like you, you and you and I, and to everybody, to adults. It's not always about when I'm looking at him. It's not really about the. It's not really about that present moment. It's how do I, how do I want to raise my kid to act when he's thirty and thirty-five? You know, and it's same. And then it's just a mirror at me too, because what I'm telling. What I'm telling him is a direct reflection of how I face my shit in in real life, in, in my life, I mean, you know, and it's really like a direct image at me. So whenever I feel like I'm being the the best mom, which Nikki, I rarely ever feel that way, but like, okay, I'm killing it. I'm doing a really, really good job. Like I know what I'm doing. I can I can really do this is when actually like I'm taking care of myself. I've taken my care of my care of myself the best. So I respond the best, you know? And then of course something happens and something flips and it's like, I'm back to like, okay, back to the drawing board. Like what do we need to do to really 
create good environments for these kids, you know, what am I, not necessarily what am I doing wrong, but what do I need to do better, you know? But it's just the same thing with with my life and when I look at my career and why I wanted to start a podcast and do something more. I was I'm I was bored and I'm like it's a little depressing like not feeling like I'm I was growing. I'm still working there because I need to create more of a business and more financial stability before I leave. But I also, you know, I was I wasn't acting out, but I just noticed that I was just withdrawn a little bit because I was not growing and I'm I'm not growing there. I'm not learning anything. I'm not challenged. No one's challenging me. I'm not learning. And so it's like, okay, well, look at what do I tell my kids? You know, go figure it out. Let's find a different environment. Let's, you know, add something more to your life where you are growing. And how do we do that? You know? Right. And I think that's such a, like a great thing you're doing because kids are sponges. I like, I, I have, um, Savia, you know, my friend Savia, she, with her daughter, I'll never forget one day I like text her. I was just like, I think, oh, I think it was when I got my tattoo and I was like, oh, look at my chubby arms or something. And she's like, don't do that. She's like, I've learned to talk so much better about myself because she has a daughter now. And right. She's like, like you said, the reflection, right? So anything you do in front of these kids, they're going to know or they're going to see that behavior and it's going to become a learned behavior. So if you're taking care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, they're going to also understand those, those things matter as well for themselves, taking care of themselves in a way that they can be functional, normal adults in society. And I think it's really great that you realize that you were kind of not doing that and you found an outlet to challenge yourself to bring in those, you know, make yourself better. And I think that's commendable. So. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. And, and it's just, but it's also, it's a, it's a gift because it's taught me so much. And, and at the same time, I think I've really wanted to just by seeing my kids it's and parenting, it's also, I've gone a little bit overboard with like self-improvement and I just want, I get really granular at, okay, like ha- daily habits and really creating more structure so that I can be more my present full self. And it's like, at the same time, it's like, okay, chill. you got to chill, like relax. It's like not, it's, you don't have to be focused all the time. Just chill. But at the same time with more structure, I can chill. So it's like, <laughs> and, I get and, it. you know, I get it because I'm such a routine person. And sometimes it's a little bit much. And my friends, they all know this about me. Like if I like going on a trip, I have to have certain things. Like I can't relax unless those things. And sometimes my husband is just like, you relax. We don't need to worry about that. Like, it's fine. I'm like, how are you just fine? But it is, it's true. Sometimes the structure is good. And then other times it can be overwhelming, right? Because you set these standards for yourself or your, your ideas of what things should be or how they should be. And then you get into the situation and you're just like, I feel like that John Travolta meme, which just like sits around and like, looks It's like, this is not, <laughs> this is not how it's supposed to go. Like, and then my, my problem is, is that when it doesn't go in the way that I have envisioned or I expected it to, I can, I can be so like very hard on myself or very hard on the situation and, and not turn it into something enjoyable. So one of the things that I've been working on is to try to just go with the flow. So I do, a, I do this thing with John where I'm just like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And like, <laughs> everything's fine. We're good. It's fine. <laughs> and he's starting to do it now. Cause he knows that it's me trying to talk like off the ledge. <laughs> You're trying to convince yourself. It's fine by saying it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> because it doesn't need to. And if anything that this lifestyle is teaching me is that it's, it's like, it's not, it's not going to be like, I have to be able to go with the flow a little bit better than what I'm used to. Have you always had really good structure? Like, do you have a morning routine that you always do no matter what? Now, I, I started when I was in the house, when we were in the house. Yes, I, it was always the same for the most part. I mean, obviously there's things that happen and I can't do it. But I remember when we first, and I may have already talked about this on the podcast. So I'm sorry for repeating myself. Sorry, not sorry, I'm repeating myself. Um, but when we first, when we were in Connecticut and we, it was like our, the second month that we were in Connecticut and wherever we parked, our internet wasn't working. And all I wanted to do was work out because the month before I didn't have 
the time, the place we were staying at my in-laws, like it was just, it, I, and we were getting used to everything. So for me, I couldn't establish that routine. So when we got to the new spot, I was like, okay, like I could do this. I could set this up. There's a gym right, you know, over here. I'm going to join it because I didn't have any too much workout stuff in the bus. And I wanted something that would force me out of the bus. So when we got, when the internet stopped working, I had to go stay at my parents' house. I literally had a meltdown. Like I was sitting, I'll never forget. I was sitting on the couch and my husband was just like, like, I'm so, like, I'm sorry. He's like, there's nothing. This is out of our control. I was, I was like, I know, but I just need a routine. I was like, I just need a routine. So like, I remember going to my parents' house and the first thing I did is like, I'm going to order my own weights. So if we ever get stuck to a point where I can't go, cause my goal was I'll just sign up for a gym wherever we are for like a month or a week or whatever it may be. Now I'm learning that that's not okay. Like I need to have that structure. And like I said, there's going to be days where I don't work out in the morning. Maybe I'll do it at lunch break. Maybe I don't do it at all. Right. And I'm giving myself grace in that. But if I don't, if, I, if it's in my brain and I don't get to do it and that routine gets changed on me, like if I have to do a morning call for work, that's during the time in which I want to work out or go for a walk with my dogs and my husband, I immediately get frustrated. So I have to, having the weights and giving being, giving myself more grace is allowing me to roll with the punches and feel that I don't necessarily need the routine as much, as long as I can replace it or move the time, I guess, is a better way to put it. In the morning is, is amazing. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change how you are at all. I, and I say that because coming from someone that's never I've never had a routine all my life every morning Nikki was different every morning mm-hmm. I wouldn't have survived <laughs> so I read Atomic Habits it really did change the way I look at life now and it is legit about the research behind habits he tells stories in his book of all the great people you know successful people in the world and how they've had habits in their lives and he tells stories and so I created this accountability group with um, this with the girls. And when the end of the year is approaching, so October, November, December, we add a habit every month and just work it out, make tweaks, whatever. But we send each other a check mark when we've done it. Oh, nice. By the end of December, we have three new habits that we've added to our routine. And by January 1st, we are ready to go. And we worked out all the kinks and so that we carry on those three habits for the whole year. And I did that for the first time in 2022, Mm -hmm. 2023, I carried those habits and now we're doing it again for the last three months of the year. And hopefully those will carry over in 2024 because I really do feel like, you know, if I'm, if 80% of my life is really structured, I don't... I have more mental capacity for the rest because it's traumatic, but I used to make decisions for everything. When am I going to brush my teeth? When am I going to take a shower? When am I going to blow dry my hair? When am I going to throw my, on my tinted moisturizer? When am I going to get dressed? Lunch, kids, pack the car, grab gas. All of that is now just, is just traumatic now because there's a time and a place for it, you know, and it just opens gives me more capacity for more. Right. I love that. The habit thing. I think the episode that Heather and I did, like one of our first episodes in 2022 was creating habits. And I forget what it, I forget. I think there was a book. This is how long it's been since I did it. And, and that was very much just like little things of creating habits. I think with me, they are habits. They are, but for me, it's more of a structured routine. Um, I do have bad habits as well. I will admit those, those do exist. But I think, I think you hit it on the nose there. Like having a place and time for certain things allows you, it's not even an afterthought, right? Because I feel, I mean, and I don't have kids. Like one of the things that, you know, that's a joke amongst John and I is how spacey I could be sometimes because I'm literally like, there's a Rolodex in my brain, right? I'm thinking of all these things of all these things and I'm, and I'm sacrificing the result of some of the tasks that I'm supposed to be doing like correctly because I'm constantly going, okay, after I do this, I have to do this. After I do this, I have to do this. So one of the things I was speaking to a friend of mine who's um, who's a therapist and she was like, if you say things out loud, they start becoming more habitual. So like, if I have to do something, I'll say like, we have a bunch of things that I have to remember. So when I take, the sh- take a shower, you have to 
turn on the burner. You have to turn on the fan. You have to take, there's a little cover that goes into the fan and I have to take that down. I have to make sure the fan's on. I have to make sure the water's not spraying out of the shower because we have one of those like, I forget what they're called, but I have to make a mental note. So I go and I go burner on, fan, shower head. Burner on, fan, shower head. Okay. And just saying them out loud, when I get out, I do them in reverse. What did I do when I first got in here? Shower head, fan, burner. And it's not 100% yet, but I've noticed by saying things out loud, I'm starting to do it. Like one of the things I also do is like, I constantly forget my phone. So like I used to make fun of my husband because he's got keys, phone, wallet, cell phone. Like that was his thing, you know, to get out of the house. So now I'm kind of like, all right, where's my cell phone? Where's my cell phone? So if I tell myself, <laughs> but this is what my brain does. And I don't know, I'm hoping that this new like tactic is going to help me with all of those things I have to remember. So I'll, I'll update everybody once I figure it out. That's cool. Yeah, that's a lot to to try to remember. But anyways, I know we're coming up at the hour and I like to be mindful of time. So before I uh, let you um, tell everybody where they can find you, I have one final question for you. What is the one thing that you will not apologize for? Creating boundaries. Love that. And that can be a little, I can come off as a little cold, you know, Mm-hmm. it's really not that though I'm I'm one of the warmest people you meet and I'm very empathetic but I also have I protect me and my family and I will absolutely set boundaries someone you know you don't deserve all of me if you're not gonna if you're not gonna give that back you know Love that. So if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, listen to the podcast, where can they find you? I record my podcast on on Apple Podcasts. It's called Exercise Proper Podcast. And if you want to take my fitness quiz, you will see results on a specific workout regimen. I provide a video, an instructional video on how to perform the exercises. You don't need any equipment and you can always check that out either at my Instagram at Liz underscore Graveline or it's always in the show notes in every episode I have on Apple Podcasts. Awesome. Well thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I love this. Thank you. So nice to see you. We miss you. I know, I know. We'll be back soon. Um I think we'll be back the probably fall of next of 24. So we're gonna do some traveling. Yeah. You're going to have the best time. I'm excited for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So uh, that's it, everybody. We'll talk soon. Bye, everyone.